Rocking chair, chair session. With Elisa Di Batista. Maria Teresa Barber. Hello, everyone. And welcome to RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, Volume 37, with artist Kristen Feel. Tea leaf. Tea leaf. Ryan's, it's like wow. tea leaf without the F. Tea leaf without the F. Yeah, that's what I tell my students. Okay. That's how they remember. Where does the name originally come from, if I may ask? German. German. And if you that's said why it, I'm so good at it. You said it in, well, but here, you say, you can say feel. I've seen it feel. Yeah, that's not what I Feely. Um, teal, but Germany, you would say Tila. 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 Really? Strong. Tila. Like Austrian yeah. accent. <laughs> have you been to visit Germany or? Uh, you know, I have. Yeah, oh, I was me. I was in Berlin. Actually, I went to see a friend who is having a show there, Jenny Brillhart, who's from Miami. And we had a great time. Um, I loved Berlin. It was fantastic. That was like 2006 or seven. That's not too bad. I'm going in January. Fantastic. Yeah. And I, I took German for a semester at Miami Dade just to prepare myself for the trip. Uh -huh. But everyone speaks English. What? Yeah. Yeah. So you get there, you're like, There's only like one person that didn't speak English that, oh, that no. I got to really try it out on. Of course I would. Usually the older people, if they don't speak English, the young people, everyone speaks. And then it's a melting pot as well, Berlin, right? There's so many people from... Also, Eastern Europe. And I like, loved it. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have stayed longer. Oh, really? It just was very, you know, when you get a visceral feeling, like you feel comfortable somewhere? Yeah. Like it was exciting, it was comfortable at the same time. Like I feel like you fit, fit there. Then. Yeah, it was a great feeling. I would love to go back. Yeah. And where did your family come from in Germany? Do you know? My grandmother came from Cologne. Cologne? Cologne. Cologne. And um, so that's, that's, and you know, my grandfather, I'm not quite sure. God, I don't know. I should know this. You know, we don't know our own families, like, beyond our grandparents. Yeah, it normally stops the family tree, but investigation. We should all know this stuff. Well, especially if they're that far, if they came from that far away, you know, it's not always My grandmother easy. actually came, very interesting, she came, uh, she was courted by another person who was uh, an older guy, and he courted her when she was young, like, maybe 18, 17, in Germany, and said he was going to move he was going to get a job and he was going to bring her over, which he did. And she ended up having an affair with my grandfather. <gasps> oh my. Right. In Germany. No, 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 here, when she here came already. here. When she came here. Uh, so my grandfather was married and she was married to another person. Um, and so then she had this back, back door or backyard, I don't know, of romance with this guy Bertholz, who was much older. Um, and that's, that's their story. And uh, she had four children, one of them with, it's possible all of them were from Berthold. We don't know. You don't know if it was like her love? She won't, love she never or... told, she never told. Mm -hmm. But so, she stayed married to the, to the first guy? No, no, she, she, they ended up, Nick Nicias was the, was the first guy. Mm -hmm. And she ended up uh, marrying Berthold, right. I mean, wow, so scandalous. Romantic Grandma. Is scandalous. Story. Grandma. Which yeah. there's so much drama in, like, I feel like the paintings you do, like, this cinematic, like, movie. That sounds like such a movie itself. Like that a could film. be a total Hollywood That it could movie. be a total Hollywood well, it's, it's premise. got a lot of drama. There's a lot of drama. There's romance. You know, yes. you got all the keys. But, you know, she was very, like, I knew her as an old short lady. <laughs> I never saw that side of it. <laughs> You're like, Grandma. She taught me how to sew and stuff, you know, like, oh, that was great. cool. It's just very easy in your hand. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right, that's right. She yeah. was very creative. Did you learn any other, like, uh, specialities, like cooking or, like, you know, like the German the Christmas cookies? Oh, I love making that? cookies. And I do make, do? I make the little, um, little white, um, what are they called? <gasps> oh They're the God. balls, the yes. white. Oh, they sell them the, at Trader Joe's. They're so good. My grandmother made them. They're almonds. Rumkugeln? I don't... Is it rum? It was rum no, in there? Not no, rum. they're not and They're rum. vanilla with they're hazelnuts. Yeah. And oh, they're okay. powdered, like, the, the ball shape. Yeah. But not... Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Because they're like the vanilla gipfelin, they're powdered too. But then they are like a crescent shape. And then we have the rum um, balls. Rum is good. Which is... <laughs> they are like... Oh, my God. They're fantastic. And then we have the Lebkuchen, of course. 
And then we have like the that, love cake, is that uh, that the Lebkuchen, like the gingerbread. Yeah. Oh, cute! And I love then gingerbread cookies. Mm. I like so it's German tradition. It's, it's a bake. sin not to start baking before. Basically, you should you should start baking those cookies for Christmas at December first, latest. And I haven't even started this year. So I'm behind. It, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The cookie, I can do the baking, but the cooking, the baking. I cannot do. Mm -hmm. I'm really bad at that. Mm -hmm. Unless it's a holiday, and mm -hmm. it's you know the tradition, the tradition to have. Well, it used to be a glass of wine, a cigarette, and then the tur turn the on the oven. <laughs> turn on the oven, and everything just goes. <laughs> I love it. And are both sides German, or just from uh, your dad's well, well, my mother's, my mother's, um, half my mother is, is her, her mother is German. And then I came from Germany. Her, her family came from Germany. And then there's a mixed bag on my grandfather's side. Oh, cool. Yeah. But you didn't like, yeah, because your grandmother was already here. You didn't have like vacations in Germany as a child or no, visiting because you. But they were in Wisconsin, and we used to visit them in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. How's that? Was it mostly like farm, just like secluded, or more city? Like what? What was your experience? Well, it's kind of like any suburb where we went. You know, it was. It was not. Uh, there was nothing that you know I can pick out that say you know it was very rural or city. Um, it was uh, in a small, like Naperville, you know, it was somewhere small like that, yeah. if I remember correctly. Or was that Chicago? My aunt was, my aunt was living in Chicago. She was like really, she was my, she is still my really cool hip aunt. Oh, you have one of those? That's yeah. great. She had her like, she was a single lady and she had like a Camaro <laughs> and she had a cool apartment. You turn on the bathroom light and her radio would go on. Oh. And it was like, oh, that's hot. Like, wow. I want to do that when I get older. <laughs> so. But, uh, but, but they grew up in, in Ripon, Wisconsin. That's where it is. And you grew up in Miami, I grew right? up here. Right. You were born here, too? I was born, my father was in the Army, so he was in Hawaii. My mother was there. So I was born there in an Army hospital. And we moved <clears throat> very young. I wasn't, you know, I have no memory of it, of course, um, six months or something. And my father already had had a job here teaching at Miami-Dade. Okay, great. And after his, his you know, Army stint, he came back here and resumed teaching. It's exciting. And my mother taught at UM. She taught at Miami Dade and then she taught at UM. So I kind of grew up, you weren't, if you were at the art school at UM, you probably don't, it didn't exist anymore. They had like shacks, literally like the forgotten zone of UM. They had it, an old white building that was closed yeah. down by yes. the time I got there that was That's like, it just labeled as dangerous oh, yeah. and you weren't allowed to go in and yeah. it was fenced up yeah. and you were just curious. Like you could tell it had a lot of history. So That's, you were able to study there. That's yes. awesome. Yes, and my mother taught there, but it was it was pretty rickety. Yeah. So if your mother taught there, does that mean she was an artist too? Yeah. <laughs> Both of <laughs> them medium. were artists. Yeah. Yeah. Medium, because we know she you're paints and she okay, also is a, um, worked as a courtroom illustrator. So that's cool that, you know, you have to do those really fast drawings in, in federal court because yes. they don't allow cameras in the courtroom. Exactly. And so, like, the stress of that, I can't imagine. You just have to be on the fly, just ready to... You have to be, you have to be on it. Because people are not stopping for their, you know, picture to be drawn, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's... It's so gestural. So, my, I'm, I'm curious, growing up with two talented parents, because your father is also an artist, like, did you feel pressure to become an artist? Or were you just like, oh, I am an artist? Or how was that discovery of... Uh, Yourself well, and your talents. Uh, well, my memory of it was that when I used to play, like he, they would, my father would give me discarded canvases and I would paint on them. Uh, I, unfortunately, I would paint also on my mother's canvases, which were not discarded. <laughs> <laughs> and she was not happy with that. <laughs> I couldn't tell, so um, I didn't know the difference. I didn't know which ones were the ones I could use. You were like, I'm improving this. I got, yeah. Um, so, well, who knows? <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But, um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think they told me at one point that they, they were very um, conscious of not trying to push me in any direction, not trying to influence me, yeah. to, to let me kind of figure it out. And I think it wasn't until high school and I kind of knew, I knew where my people were, I knew where my, my you know, tribe was, you know, and where the like-minded people were. And I, I felt, you know, again, like that visceral feeling of being somewhere where you feel comfortable and also challenged at the same time. Yeah. That's, you just know it, you know, like it's a good place to be. And when I, I went to Payback, which nobody knows what that is anymore. It's Performing and Visual Arts Center, which is yeah. the precursor to the New World School. Oh. So it was half, half high school, and then you would drive to um, 
stayed. You'd either go to North Campus or to South Campus at the time. South Campus, it's dual Kendall. enrollment. Yeah, dual enrollment exactly. So you would take half college, half high school, and um, it was a great experience. And I that's where it was all like that's where the light light bulb went on. You know, for me. Right, this is for me. And right. you were able to already take our classes there too in that time, or I I began taking our classes there when I pursued when I was just kind of drawing on my own. My father set up a few still lives for me. He's like, why don't you try this? Because I was drawing from I was drawing from album covers. Like I was obsessed <laughs> with David Bowie, so I would and just draw David that? Bowie album covers. Right, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, it's a love for music also. That I have a love for music and, and, and visual arts, but. Uh, Uh, so that kind of combined the two. I was like, oh, I want to do this. I want to make album covers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, why don't you draw this? And he would set up still lives for me as a teacher. He was kind of doing this for me. And, and then I had a portfolio, and he thought, well, this is pretty decent. Let's see if we can, let's see what happens. Let's apply. And that was late. I was in 11th grade already. So I only took one year in payback. Nice. Um, the and then I went to UM after that, like, immediately. I was just, mm. you know, shuttled into UM. And I was lucky enough to get a full scholarship. That's awesome. But I only was there for two years. Okay, so you I left after two out. years. No, I didn't transfer it. I just okay. dropped out. <gasps> Ooh, Shocking! Bad. And what city did you <laughs> go to? But you studied <laughs> art at UM, or was that like yeah, a general? That's right. You studied art. Yes. But after two years, you were like, I, again, I, when I said try before, I meant like like-minded people, something where you can bounce ideas off of people, and not not that the faculty weren't great. But I didn't find um, uh, other, a mentor, other, uh, not just a mentor, but also peers that were mm -hmm. that were clicking with you. Yeah. yeah. And so I tried for two years. I I did okay. I mean, I was fine. I mean, school I was doing well, but I wasn't I wasn't feeling it, you know. And I felt like I was just treading water yeah. a little bit. So I, I was like, you know what? I can't I can't do this anymore. And I left, much to the dismay of my parents. Oh no. Um, but actually, it was probably the best thing I could have done. In retrospect, mm -hmm. because I, I just you know did my thing. I waited tables, I earned a living. I got an apartment. I was painting alone in my apartment. I learned how to play bass on my own. Actually, that's where I, I learned how to play bass. And um, after like three years of that, I was like, ah, I got to push forward. And and I applied to the Art Institute in Chicago. And that's nice. when I moved to Chicago. And that was kind of a breakthrough for me. Mm -hmm. That again, great place to be. Yeah. Lots of music. Beautiful city. I, I you know. In, in art school, the you know, school wonderful. So yeah, yeah. No, you visited the school. I, I've never been in Chicago. I, I, really? I just know that the school is really yeah, great. I gotta there. Stay in the is great. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I had a friend who went there. It was a really great mm -hmm. program. Yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. So you went there for your your experience with your BFA, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you mainly played music there too with your band, yes. right? Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and everything kind of clicked, and it wasn't like pre-planned. I met. So I'm, I'm, I was waiting tables again, earning a living doing that and, and going to school. And uh, I had this table full of people celebrating a birthday party for one of these guys at the table, his 21st birthday. And uh, it turns out they were chit-chatting with me. And uh, there were two guitar players. And I had been jamming with this girl who was just learning how to play drums. And I was really kind of just learning how to play bass. I mean, I just kind of started really recently. And so we were just like messing around, not getting anywhere. And I was like, well, heck, I, I play with this girl, this drummer, you know? And, and it was like, we, we kind of clicked. And all of a sudden, like a week later, we're playing in this guy's basement. Great. And I was like, oh, by the way, just so you know, I have really bad stage fright. You know, I can't play, I can't just, I can't do that. So we'll just jam and stuff, you know? And, uh, And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then so we're we're writing and playing and all this stuff and it was great. And then I all of a sudden they're like, oh, we got a gig, we got oh, a gig. And I, so I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That was not the deal. Right. <laughs> so I had to just kind of just slog through it and and then it just went from there and it turned into like a real breakthrough again. Another, I mean, really the Chicago thing was a really good thing. And I I, I always tell my students if they can go off on their own and do something brand new out of the context of their life, you know, like out of what they know. Yeah. I think for the most part, I think it's a real, a, a great growth experience, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so many things come your way and you don't, that you don't expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Certainly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From those gigs. And, mm. and I mean, you were incredibly successful with that, with that band then, we right? We did pretty well. We did yeah. pretty well. But, I mean, we were, we, I think Chicago at that time was real hot, you know, because uh -huh. there's a lot of bands coming out of there. And so there's a lot of activity, like 
labels were calling people blind. Like they were just calling like, we'll sign you seven, seven record deal. We were getting calls like that. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was dumb because uh, if you did that, of course, they're just, they're, they're like paying you nothing. They're just, co- they're like gambling. They're just like bringing in as many bands as they could seeing what's stuck and dropping everybody else. Oh, no. So that's that's what was happening to a lot of our friends. And um, so we didn't want to do that because if, you, if you're dropped by a major label, then you're basically dead. Mm-hmm. You know, like nobody wants to touch you. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, so we thought that was a bad way to go, as tempting as it was. Mm-hmm. And we went with a, a, a great independent rec, uh, a record label called Dirt Records out of New York, and, and they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, But eventually, you know, the the guitar player and I were dating and eventually we broke up and so kind of, <laughs> you know, everything. <laughs> so, you know, with bands, it's such a, it's such a hard, it's such a difficult task to keep bands together anyway, right? And then, you know, so many couples are in bands too, you know, and if they, if that breaks up, it's like almost impossible to, yeah. to keep the band going. And, yeah. then, and on to any journey. What was your experience? Like, I want to know at the Institute beside it, like, were, were there any standout professors or any classes that you took that were quite, um, I guess, like, you know what was great about going there, and I really, uh, I felt you, you really could take as an undergrad. You didn't have to focus on any discipline. You could try everything. I took animation. I took video. I took sound. I was taking performance. wasn't for me. <laughs> but um, stage fright. Yeah, the, no, but, uh, yeah. It wasn't. You yeah. tried. Yeah, but um, but. But it really got me to, you know what, I really love video. I love editing. I love putting together like narratives. In fact, that's what I do in my, my paintings, but it's just a single. Right but, but I love, you know, the process of, of things happening through time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it does relate to what I'm doing now, but, but uh, video is like a whole nother, mm-hmm. you know, I, I loved it. And I, if I had more time to do that, I would have definitely been doing more with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Video and sound together, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's still time. There's still time. Well, you forward yet? <laughs> but what you did do is also uh, did you also do covers for bands in that time? Did you make like art album for, covers? Yeah, I have made album covers. Weirdly, it has come full circle. That weird dream that I had when I was like 13 years old. But I, as a, I, it's weird how things happen. I, I, after school, we were in the band, and uh, this guy who was. We had two. We lived in this old bank. I gotta back up and kind of paint this, paint the picture for you. We lived in an old bank that was kind of like a shotgun, straight shot, you know, front to back thing. It was the mezzanine that they blocked off, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, there was a hole in the wall, and if you went down into that hole, there's a drop ceiling. It wasn't really a floor, you know, uh, but it was the ceiling of the shoe store that was underneath us. Uh-huh. And in the front of the, the space, we had my our band was in the front. And then I lived in the middle, and I had another roommate here, and Josiah lived in here. And there's four people living at all times with rotating roommates kind of in this one section. And for the first few years, we were there for eight years, uh, we had another band in the other side of the loft, Blanche, this, this band Blanche, which is kind of psycho Billy punk band crazy. I can't even really describe it. Um, and, uh, and also another band called the Wesley Willis Fiasco, which if you look it up, it's insane. Nice. It's like this metal band fronted by a schizophrenic 300 pound guy who was a poet and also a savant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, he's really interesting. Wesley Willis Fiasco, look it up. It's, he, he's since died, but he, he was a fascinating guy. And, um, anyway, the, the, the story getting back to, um, how I did this album cover thing. One of the guys in Blanche also was a silkscreen printer, oh, cool. and he was just getting his, you know, getting his footing. Starting. And he made a few posters for us, a few motorhome posters, kind of unannounced. He just did them, and I was like, "What is this? I've not seen this. This is like magic." <laughs> like, how did you do this? He's like, oh, "I'll show you." And I'm like, "I want to learn how to do this." He's like, well, "I'll teach you." I was like, well, I was, you know, in the band, I had a job, I was at school, so I couldn't do anything until I got out of school. I was just about to get out of school, and I said, as soon as I'm out of school, I'm gonna work for you. You're gonna teach me, nice. right? And so, so uh, Steve Walters, Screwball Press. So he did, he actually put me through the, my paces, he made me wash out screens, he made me do touch-ups, he made me do the floors, like I, I was doing all that stuff, you know, doing like, I'm gonna earn it, I'm gonna earn it. <laughs> He's gonna let me print one day. And finally, like after a year of just doing all this kind of menial stuff, 
I, he he let me print, you know, he let me touch stuff. <laughs> Which is such a big deal, I feel sometimes. Uh, just like you being an up and coming, but also like sometimes like, oh, she's a girl, can she do it? I don't know, is that how, did you feel that way? Like, oh, he's letting me. I don't know, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, I mean, I'm I'm being tested. I'm do. I'm gonna, I'm doing Rise it, up to you know, I'm earning this. And so he, he taught me how to print. And then since then, I have had the company Poster Girl Press and I started doing posters and album covers for bands. That's how, blah, blah, blah. There we go. <laughs> and you did that for a while. There's that long, that long tail to that point. Though. I mean, I feel but like it I, I, I read that somewhere in one of the interviews in, I think, Ocean Drive magazine or something that they, they brought it up. And I was like, that is so cool. And you just told us before when you were like, you know, a teenager, you were drawing like yeah. the, the... Well, music and, and visual arts, I mean, They're both the same energy, just directed in different places, yeah. you know? Um, the thing about music, I mean, you can play by yourself, but it's also, I mean, it, it, I think it's more collaborative. Yeah. And so you depend a lot more on other people. You also, it's, it's um, you know, once you stop playing, there's no sound, right? Yeah, it doesn't exist silence. outside of, unless it's recorded, but then it's only playing when you play it. Yeah. So. Um, Uh, the tangible nature of painting, that's something that you that you have. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that that's better or not. It's just different. That's you don't the, lose that. And, and you're alone when you're painting. You don't have like someone like, hey, that would look good over there. <laughs> you know, move that section <laughs> Do that to one that again. <laughs> Pick a different clip. Louder. 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 <laughs> louder. Faster. 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 <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, the lugging around of instruments and speakers. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Going on tour. And, you know, oh, yeah, and, and all the dirty stages. Yeah. yeah. Filth. Filth. The beer smell and the microphones. <laughs> and you opened for Alanis Morissette. Is that oh, yeah. true? It's true. I mean, that's incredible. Do you want to hear a funny story? Yes. yes. Okay, so we played actually <laughs> Ohio. At the, um, it was a place called Bogarts, which is an old theater. It's awesome. It's a huge crowd. And we we were actually filling in for another band. I think it was Menthol, which is another Chicago band. Who I don't know what happened to them, but we were on tour, and we were, like, right there. So we, we played the show. And we had our little table with our merch set up, you know, and we had this T-shirt that Josiah designed that said, Aloha from Uranus, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we only had like two or three left. And these girls came running up like, oh, oh, I'm going, let me have the shirts. So we, we sold them the shirts. And then they came back kind of sheepishly and like, we thought it said Alanis. <laughs> <laughs> we, had to, we had to take them back. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Elena's. Aloha from Elena's. You're like, let me like, get a Sharpie. Okay. Give me a second. <laughs> That's so oh funny. That was good. Oh, man. Did you do the merch yourself, too? The print? Oh, yeah. You know, you sure. I was able to do that because I learned how to slipstream print, right? Oh, and that was wow. part of it. I did a lot of t-shirts in my time. A lot. Do you have any of your old merch hidden away? Like, yeah. In fact, I just... The Aloha from Uranus. I wish. Oh, I, I don't have those. I don't oh, have those. I have only one... So sad. One of the t-shirts left. That's not even my my printing. Oh. It's pretty boring. It just says motorhome. Oh. <laughs> I was always curious. Right. So after being in Chicago, how many how many years were you there after? Eight, uh, eight years, a little after, over eight years and change. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mostly lived in that one loft. Well, briefly lived in uh, Wicker Park, Bucktown area, okay. which I don't know if you know it, but it's kind of uh, probably still the same, very kind of artsy neighborhood. Artsy. No, it totally is. But it's probably expensive now. <laughs> Not that. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. But you took a lot of painting classes too, right? I, I did take painting. Um, mostly the teachers that I had basically checked you off in the morning and you were there for six hours and you okay. did your thing mm -hmm. and then they came back to make sure you're still there and that was it i had one teacher who was very kind of hands-on who gave those kind of burning critiques where people ended up crying you oh, know goodness. which is you know we got, you always you have one of those one Probably, you teacher should have one of those in your life you yeah. should have one that you breaks you and yeah. definitely have mine <laughs> yeah well I think, nemesis <laughs> i think that's an old kind of old school thing you yeah. know or, or they they like really kind of you know you're gonna if you don't get through this you're you're nothing you're you know? a failure yeah. <laughs> yeah you suck you suck this drawing sucks i know you I'm should go home <laughs> I, I, what are you doing here do you guys know tony labat he's very well known yeah. in cuba i had a cuban teacher in san francisco tony labat i don't no. know the cubans are all of the cubans know him 
And he, one day I showed him like a video of my performance and he told me, you should stop. <laughs> and I was furious. And I wrote in my, in my studio, I wrote in, in scarlet red letters. I, I wrote, Tony Labat uh, told me to stop painting. And I, I missed the T. I, I just wrote painting. painting. Oh. Because I was so furious. And then But that's, that's really apt, huh? That really pain. It there made a lot go. of sense to him. He was very proud. That's My so phot- photography teacher showed, showed him, oh, look at her studio. Look what she did. And everyone was like, ha, 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 and he, he. And it was like, yeah, nemesis. Yeah, you need that. So you got to have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. But yeah. you survived. And then you came back to Florida? Or did you uh, spot yeah. somebody so, else? Well, let's see. So I... Um, I moved back here in 2000 and I started, I kind of reconnected with an old flame that was here in Miami. Ooh. It's funny, I don't know what it is, but I, I introduced my girlfriend from high school, you know, uh, and to a friend who was actually a friend of a friend, a friend of the guy that I ended up moving back with. They, his friend and my friend, they got together, they got married, and in 1999, in San Francisco, they had a wedding reception. We weren't at the wedding, we went to the reception. So he flew out from Miami and I flew out from Chicago and we were like back together. Like it was like no time had passed. Wow. Yeah. And then we got married a year later. So he brought me back to Miami. Amazing. And I was like reeling me back in. And I was like, don't no. make me come. No, I really, I did want to come because because uh, I didn't know really. That we At that time that was pre-Basel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And, and, and when I had left in 92, around there, it wasn't really a, a real happening here. It's so different. Uh, I was on the beach, right? There was a I was, scene on, I was on living the beach. on the beach, yeah. right? And there was, that was actually kind of cool because a lot of young people lived on the beach and mm-hmm. almost everybody knew everybody and we all lived so close to each other we could walk to each other's houses and we would all go out. Mm-hmm. The beach was right there. And Ocean Drive was like boarded up mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a whole, it was like a ghost town there. Mm-hmm. And, um, We basically, I felt like it was our place. And it was such a small window of time that existed then. I mean, I'm sure it's had so many different incarnations Mm -hmm. that all these different little windows kind of keep opening and closing. And that was my little snapshot of that to mix metaphors. But um, yeah, that was a good time, Um, 90s, early 90s. And um, oh yeah, so getting back to, yeah, he brought me back and we got married. And actually we were married for 18 years. Um, no longer together, oh, but um, that's okay. It's that's a new, a it's a new chapter. New chapter, years, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Practically eighteen years, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. A new chapter, yeah. But all, all's you know, very. We're fine, so it's good. I'm curious about the stills, because um, you do have. You said this love for, like you say, the those moments of. I don't know if you, you you said it, but like the the ability to freeze and then have it stay in existence versus like the music that continue like once you stop it stops playing, but the the stills the frames they still exist in painting. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious as to why Hollywood films, why romantic kind of sort of old classical movies. Like where did the love for that come from? You know what? It's you know some things you get moved by certain things mm-hmm. and it's you have to go back and figure out what it is, mm-hmm. right? So initially, I just, there was something about this one particular movie that I, it, it clicked for me, right? Uh, I guess I'll have to back up again a little bit because um, I had, I was at Art Center, South Florida, yes. when I moved back, kind of to get my roots here, kind yeah. of just to have a place to be. And connect yeah. community. It was a good thing to do. Um, and so that actually is where I kind of learned my discipline, my being to, to work every single day, et cetera. In the studio. Yeah, in the studio. My studio practice was kind of developed there, which is wonderful. And um, anyway, um, my one of the artists who is my neighbor had, he was a sculptor, but he did this series of paintings. And I, I'm going to get back to the Hollywood thing, but... He did this series of paintings, and, and this appeals to me because I'm OCD a little bit. Uh, he did a series of paintings of all the hands on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, just the hands. Wow. And they were all the same size. They were about 12 by 12 or 10 by 10, and it was just the hands, right? In all the different gestures, like, right. you know. And that, for me, like, I love cataloging things, and I love labeling things, and I love, like, variations on a theme. I love order. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Uh, at the same time, around that same time, 
because that that could just like it was like a little seed that was planted in my mind like this is I love this I love this concept and um, uh, I saw this I never watched old movies I thought boring you know black and white <laughs> boring never did never watched them as a kid or whatever and I saw this movie the thin man and it was just a revelation to me and one of the things about the thin man is it's a, it's very fun to watch a um, it's they're very witty together. They're great, great chemistry, but they're also drinking the entire time. Like there's not never not drinking. They're always drinking, and so I thought I'm going to catalog each hand holding glasses in this whole movie. I couldn't even get through it all. I did like 64 paintings, and it wasn't even halfway through. You're <laughs> like I'm tired. It was. I, I was like, you know, I've already gone through this. You know, you go through certain. You you finish. You know, there's there's a point where you stop. You know. Well, I take a nugget of something and I kind of explore it. I go around it and I go do all the offshoots of it until it's done, you know. So I did that. And that was the beginning of the series in 2008. And it was all like this, you know, coming together of different things. And um, then I started kind of backing up and exploring different ideas within these sources. And I'm thinking, God, this is a really rich source. All of these people, most of them are dead. Yeah. And most of the people don't, most people don't, I don't even choose, I don't do actors that are known for the most part. Okay. Sometimes I do, but then the I obscure the face yeah. or something. I try to change so the face. So it doesn't call the attention to just that. Because yeah. otherwise it becomes about that. Right? Exactly. More right. pop art versus actual painting itself. And then people who are not known, not even um, listed in the mm-hmm. credits, mm-hmm. they're like abstractions. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not here in space and time. They're and unknown. nobody knows who they are. Yeah. I could be related to them. Wouldn't even know. Like, oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, and we, no, no one would know. So, I, and that to me appeals to me in a Manet sense where he does the kind of opera where all those people, the big black blob with the little heads, you know? I love that idea, you know, the abstraction of the crowd. Mm-hmm. So I, I went into doing a lot of crowd scenes like that and um, that was one kind of direction within the, the larger kind of umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a lot of my first paintings, because of the, the glasses, the hand-holding glasses, became about texture, like the metal trays, the furs, you know, the things in the picture. Mm-hmm. There's this p- the painting that, well, John Curran did a bunch of, do you know John Curran, the I painter? Know, oh, yeah, look him up. He's a contemporary painter, and he does figurative work okay. um, with um, a sense of humor, but he's also um, a, a wonderful painter. He can do anything. I mean, his his... He'll do a lot of different things on one canvas, and I usually say, again, as a, as a teacher, I tell my students, you know, when you're when you're painting, treat all your kids the same. Like like, t- pay attention equally to all parts of the painting. Yeah. But in, within his paintings, he he does treat them the same, but he gives them differences. Like he gives he emphasizes certain things over other things. So he'll paint like. Um, in a very painterly way, one thing, and then he'll paint it very flat way mm-hmm. in the same painting. Mm-hmm. And I really love the facility of his painting. So he can just do, he's just like, I don't know. I, I, I love his painting. But anyway, he did a series, not my favorite series, but interested, I was interested in it. He did um, porn paintings. Okay. But he also included some like Delft China in some of them. Like they were like set up in, in, a, in a way, almost like on display. You know, like in a display window, uh-huh. like look at these and look at this, you know. <laughs> and so he would, you know, and I was thinking, well, he's thinking that like this is merchandise, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be to be consumed. And that's what As these that. things are. So yeah. we're, we're making this relationship here. And so uh, the idea of the things in the picture was interesting to me. And if you, you know, John Berger, uh, Ways of Seeing. Ways of Seeing, yeah. yeah. He always says, uh, well, I, I really like the idea that he said when people bought beautiful paintings of, you know, th- like beautiful objects and fruits and, f- you know, beautiful food and all kinds of things and, and musical instruments, it, it was because they bought the look of the thing. Yes. And that somehow conferred upon them a status. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the thing becomes, the, the object becomes the image or the image becomes the object. And I love that idea. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting off course here, but anyway. It, but it transfers <laughs> kind of like the value onto the person or yes, something like definitely, that. Yes, right? definitely, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So I talked a lot about the things in the picture, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, I gave that a little bit of attention. And then, again, I, I, now a lot of my work is about 
again, under the, the grand umbrella, I'm, I'm going through like the nucleus, I'm shooting out into different areas. So right now, I'm, I, a lot of women, a lot of uh, female figures tr- uh, in a period of transition, and that's where I am right now because of my, my life situation, I'm sure. Um, uh, it, it's, they're between action and another, I mean, they're either leaving or they're going somewhere. They're in between mm-hmm. action. But they seem very sure of themselves. I feel like the images of the women you've selected, like the stills, even though you're, it's an unknown, the, whether they're to or coming fro, like it's still, they still seem like there's a strength about them. Like uh-huh. a, a, they feel very classic, like even the way they're posed, like they're not like scared or nervous. Like there's, it's, I, I like the stills that you selected of your women. Like they, uh-huh. they seem like powerful women. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I'm glad about that. That's good to hear. Uh, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. See, I like to give not too much uh, direction. I don't want to be literal, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that that comes across that way. Um, it's funny because you're talking about text, and that's, the, that's literal, right? Yeah. But, but uh, it's, it, it, you know, kind of, in, I'm hoping that that's kind of incongruous with the image so that there's something to work with. Because if, you just, if you're literal about something, then there's nothing to work with. The, the viewer is like, what do I do with that? You know, I just, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, something to work with is, I think, a good idea. Yeah, it's it's kind of like all, all, always also a riddler. I don't know. And it's not, not a riddler is not the best word, but in in your paintings, it's it's kind of like to discover what's going on, yes. right? What is the... Good. What I'm is cool. that? I'm very happy to hear that. I, exactly. It's always like, I, I need to figure out what the hell is happening there, you know? But and, also the treatment of the paint. I wanted to ask, is that something you've developed? Because, like, you're not afraid of going thick, which is, I know, when I took my, like, one painting class, I was always, I was just always, like, thinning down the paint with paint thinner. Like, you, like I, I want to touch it. I want to touch your paintings because they feel not uber thick, but they have texture to them. They right. have bite like I what what was your stylistic like selection of painting that way versus being like more super real you know what I I think my tendency is towards uh thinner and more hyper or super real my tendency is that way but my the paintings I love like Cecily Brown and people like that Mm -hmm. and John Curran the ability to paint with that heavy paint Mm -hmm. and I still can't do it but I'm pushing myself I always like when I get too uptight I'm like stop it (laughs) Stop it! You know, slap my hand. <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta like loosen up, loosen up. And um, you know, it's it's a fight. I fight myself mm-hmm. to do that because I I have a tendency to be one way, but I want to be a certain other way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's somewhere in between. Hopefully, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, if you saw if you saw them, they, I think they maybe come across a little thicker than that. I don't think they're and very. And the images they heavy. look really. And when you see them in person, they're they're they look. Um, not like they come off the yeah, actual canvas not itself, actual texture, yeah. but when you see them from afar, it does look like it's layered. Oh, like, good. Like, like texture. That's good. Yeah. I'm curious, um, since you've always been attracted to music, and we know both of your parents are artists, um, are there any musicians in either side of your family? <laughs> Where did you get the music from? I don't know. There's no, there's none that I know. You're the uh, first that's one. That- that's the grandmother's lover thing, right? Or the on with the radio, where, where the jeans are from. <laughs> I well, we think that everyone everyone came from Berthold. Oh, but yeah. but but Nicias, uh, I don't think he had any music in his family either. Well, I don't know much of his family, but I, as far as I know, he didn't. Um, no, I I don't know of anybody. My mother, um, I got I was taken as a three-year-old to learn how to play violin. Oh, so that's three-year-old. I had a, I have a mini violin like this big, and I'm holding my hand out. It's probably yeah, uh, it's like twelve inches or so, maybe a little bit bigger. Fourteen, perhaps. Let's say fifteen inches. Okay. Okay. And this is my memory of it because my brother smashed it when I was. Oh no! (laughs) I had a sibling. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think either he was just you know Kyle, my brother. He's like smash, smash, smash. You know, like that. That's his whole. That's his way of being. A <laughs> Even to today. But it's a violin. Right. That's his way of going through life. Oh, no. And you <laughs> decided not this. to pursue. Oh. <laughs> or you God. hope he does. You could share. Uh, so you wanted to play violin at three? Or well, no, no, no. It's just my my mother. Was it something me, she just took me to Miami Dade, okay, where nice. my father taught, and uh, I even remember her name. Uh, Elaine Danino was my music teacher. We played Suzuki Method by ear. Oh yes. And uh, 
And then after that, I took music lessons. I took um, piano lessons, you know, between 10 and 15. And then I started playing bass around 19, just by myself. I was like, again, listening, like just playing by ear. Mm-hmm. And so I would listen to records I liked, records, and some CDs, but yeah, <laughs> records mostly. And um, I had a friend actually who's still on the scene here, this guy, Rap Bastard, who I just saw the other day, which is weird. Uh, I haven't seen him in years. And he is kind of like, you know, the, I mean, he had a uh, recording company here. He's he's just, you know, the, the guy, if you're into music, I mean, he's he's kind of the guy here in Miami. Mm-hmm. He had a sound, um, was it like a noise music festival that he created, or at least, you know, he I, I participated in that. And I was good because I was really bad, <laughs> you know. I had no idea you did that. <laughs> That's amazing. But um, only only to like let my get myself kind of over the fear of playing in front of people. And I knew, you know, noise. Come on, I can't be bad at that. <laughs> Everyone can do that. Well, if you know how to play, it's hard. Yeah. But <laughs> you're trying to make something out of this. Like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to make something out of this. No, but you don't want to make anything out of it. And I, I'm not really a big fan of it, but. Um, but anyway, he, he encouraged me. He's like, before he before I even started playing, uh, we were friends, and he said, well, I said I want to play an instrument, and he said, well, what do you listen to when you hear when you hear music? What do you hear? And I said, I guess I hear the bass. He said, well, I got a bass. Why don't you come over and play? So, and I think he was trying to form a girl band or something because his girlfriend was going to play guitar, and then he had a girl who was playing drums, and none of us ever played before. And I, I literally had the strap like around both sides of my neck because I didn't know, and my arm was around. <laughs> playing total dork <laughs> but that was enough to like I like this I'm gonna buy a bass I bought a $150 bass and like a little amp and that's that was like right before game. I moved right before I moved to Chicago cool yeah and then do you still play the bass I just started recently playing again nice yeah just recently yeah and I'm really rusty <laughs> and there's a lot of dust on that bass <laughs> It's so funny with instruments. It's really such a, you know, I feel like because I I, pl- I, uh, I learned how to play the accordion when I was eight years old and I played for a long time in an orchestra and like, you know, and then nothing. And then I, I, I dig it out again and I do a performance with it or I, I like that. make a jingle for it. You know it. what? That was good. It reminded me of like 1920s France, but then kind of on acid. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> But it's so funny with instruments, you have like this, you know, you, you take them out when you need them in a way, right? It's like, do you uh, write a lot of music yourself yeah. as well? Mm-hmm. So you wrote the songs that you performed with Motorhome, motor Yeah. Right? If, if I was saying the song, I wrote the song. Or mm-hmm. I was the primary writer. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the songs I wrote like on a four track and then I would bring them in. Um, and Josiah wrote songs he would sing on. And some songs we came up with, like I'll come up with a riff and then he'll come up with something and it'll just kind of come together. Collaboration, yeah. But yeah, for the most part, we kind of were more separate. Mm-hmm. Um, I never played with anyone else, so I don't know if I could play. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good I would be playing with anybody else. I'm so used to this one way of playing with one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't tried, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Actually, when I first came back, I did want to get right into playing music because I had not stopped at that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know Betty um, and Gavin, Betty and Gavin, Be- uh, Beatrice Montevaro. Oh, yeah. She's a visual artist. Okay. And she plays drums. Oh. She's really good. And she's super like she can hit those drums really hard. She's super loud, and I love that about her. And um, so she and I were playing, and, and my husband at the time was trying to play keyboards. I, might, I have to emphasize the word trying. <laughs> and I'm so sorry because I I was just I couldn't I couldn't handle it. <laughs> Like, this is not going like, No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't say anything bad about him. But, but he just doesn't have the, uh, an ear, and, and, it, and he didn't know how to play. And he wanted to have, it was fun, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't going anywhere. So yeah. that, you know, then it descended into we're just drinking and playing and <laughs> screwing around, and that was it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so this is like our party night. <laughs> <laughs> so then that kind of, you know, we, we were looking for a guitar player, but... We didn't really find anybody, so it just and, yeah, no momentum. But you still write songs to the day. Um, still- I was coming up with some 
hearts for a song the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I I haven't put anything together with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I I don't want to. I think that was probably out of my strengths in in terms of I think I learned some bad habits because I taught myself, mm-hmm. and I can never get those bad habits to go away. So there's only there's a limitation to my skill and my playing. My playing is okay. It's mm-hmm. never going to be better than that. Mm-hmm. And my singing is fine. It's mm-hmm. it's passable. But my writing I think it's my strength. Okay. That, but, you know, I don't know if I can say it's, you know, amazing, but it's it's probably the strength of all the things that you can do as a musician. My performing. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Man. <laughs> my foot on the monitor. Really? Yeah, no, 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 no way. Are you no, kidding? No way. Because it's I was like, like, she has stage fright. No, 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 no. I'm actually, I'm conjuring up visions of my roommate's band. And it was like total fake metal band, spandex pant, rock socks, you know, oh, the no, whole like so headbanger bad. thing. And I was like, what a show, you know. <laughs> we were not like that. <laughs> and so from the Arts Center, um, where did you, I mean, where are you currently? Let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, I'm at Bridge Red right now. My dad. My dad um, bought the building in 2000, what, 2008? Wow, almost eight years. And I moved out of Art Center in 2010. Um, you didn't cross paths at the Art Center, No, right? I started in 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, after, after I graduated from that. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I did two years. Wow, Yeah. okay. It's like a When Maria was there? Yes. All right. It's kind of like when you come back home. <laughs> You have to get, like you said, entrenched into the arts community. Oh, yeah, community. for sure. It's get, a great way to get feel do that. out, meet a lot of incredible artists. Yeah, so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like a nice, uh, not a net, but it's it's a good place to kind of be, to kind of figure, figure totally. out. You're not isolated. No. Which you don't want to be when you first mm-hmm. come somewhere, when you're first somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a great place for that. Unfortunately, right now, that they don't have a lot of studios. Were you there after they sold the building or before? I was there when they were in process of. Ah, uh, yeah. right. But I was still in the 924 building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do you feel like you you're just really happy at the new studio space you're in right now? Like it's the place for you. You're not gonna prefer see moving anywhere else. I don't think I will. Nice. But I don't put everything. I mean, I could. I I was thinking about where would I go? You know, yeah. like maybe if I wanted to move away from Miami even. Um, but the thing is, um, uh, my father owns the building, and he's only there six months out of the year. Because he's in New York. He's in New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah. So I'm basically managing the building. It's, I'm kind of responsible for a lot of stuff there. You have other artists also in there the studios, right? Ten studios, and there's two project spaces, and we do exhibitions, five exhibitions a year. Oh, that's awesome. So there's a lot. I'm kind of entrenched there, and that's not a bad thing. It's yeah. fine. It's a good thing. Um, I love my studio. I love the space. That's a great place to be. Then. It's a great place to be. Um, but you know, I kind of want to do the, the move thing again and kind of start something. Fresh. I mean, I feel like that transitional period is in my life right now. So, I don't know. I'm leaving it all up. Oh, no. No, no, no. (laughs) What city are you envisioning? Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's not New York or... I'm not going to, like, dive into headfirst into something I don't know. I think it has to be kind of a natural thing. has to come to you. I think if I'm open to it, it'll happen. It could not happen, but I am open to it. That's all that matters. Okay, we have, okay, my time, okay. Your last. Um, do you have any upcoming shows or projects you want to tell us about or, or maybe any direction your artwork is going in that you're very excited about? Anything that you want to share with us? I know well, you have a closing in January of um, Bridge Red, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we have a closing upstairs. Um, Jane Hart curated a show um, right. about, um, it's a group show, and it's called Sixth, and it's about um, our changing environment, you know, mm-hmm. global warming, et cetera. Yes. And it's, I think it's an important show. It has a lot of video, a lot of sound, and um, a very, it's a really nice show. I think she did a great job. That's closing on the first Sunday, I think. What is that, the 7th? Yes. Would that be the first? Well, anyway, so it's the 7th of I think. I think it is the 7th. Jan, it's January. Sixth is a Saturday, and I come back Saturday from oh, okay. my trip. And then so yeah. Oh, yeah? The Same day. with me. I'm coming back on a trip on the 6th. So, yeah, it's the 7th. And um, downstairs, we have um, Carol Brown, who's an artist in the building. Okay. And uh, Luann Kolodny, another artist who 
was the director of the Coca, which was the Mocha. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I'm giving you a lot of facts now. This is great. No, sure. uh, uh, she she runs that space. She's an artist herself. She has the backspace for her work, and she shows artists in the front. So it's nice. It's artist run space. You know, on the bridge. Local, right? local. Well, we we I think Luann's a little further reaching, or she opens it up to more things. But we, we our job, what we feel is to kind of. Um, show artists who are underrepresented here in mm-hmm. our, our area yeah. that, that, that are just diligent and working and doing their thing. That's and That's why we're kind of doing this too. Yeah, not, like, not just like, you know, um, artists straight out of college or high school that are just developing their work, but people who have had like a, a, a discipline, practice, yeah. a practice, have developed bodies of work that are just not not available to be exactly. seen. Yeah. So, so we want to get those people out of their studios and, and out into the world a little bit. That's and um, it doesn't mean like you have to be 80 years old. I mean, you can be 30, but I mean, as long as you've had a, a, an established a kind of- body of work, yeah. yeah. And you're not showing, I mean, we, we want to do that. We want to show people. That's awesome. And, um, and they could go onto your website for, for the bridge. Yes, so. bridgeredstudios.com. And we have all of our past shows and current um, exhibitions there. Mm-hmm. And you can see images, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maria has a final question sure. for you. All right. Yeah, did you have other, other announcements that you wanna make? I'm sorry, yeah, it was the 7th of January. I just wanted to make sure. Um, 7th, okay. No, no other announcements, really. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, I did have a solo show there. Um, it closed last month. Oh, congrats. Um, thank you. And. I was in a show during Basel, ping pong, but right now it's kind of a little quiet time, a little yeah. quiet time, uh, you know, filling the creative well yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I do feel the sense of something new kind of bubbling. Yeah, burgeoning on the mm-hmm. yeah, horizon there. Because I think, again, the transition, transitional period in my life, and that's when things happen, yeah. you know? So I'm, 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 I'm open to that. I'm We're excited. And they're re- yeah, receptive to this, whatever is coming. We have the perfect last question for that there transitional you period. Okay. You've been sitting in a magical rocking chair uh-huh. for this yeah. interview. Oh, I didn't realize. <laughs> I know. But <laughs> it, grants you, it grants you three wishes. You can right. wish for anything, but you have to say it out loud. Oh, Otherwise, no, 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 it's no. not going to come true. Really? <laughs> yes. That's not These fair. These are the rules. <laughs> That's not fair. That's so true. you got three wishes. Three wishes. Yeah, yeah. you can whisper if you don't want you know everyone to hear it you have to say it you have to say it (laughs) okay well i hope i hope that the choices i'm making in my future are the right choices and that's pretty broad that's a good that's a good but but right now it's it's this is choice making time so i think this is kind of what i need and hope i'm hoping that i'm making the right decisions Mm -hmm. or choices yeah Mm -hmm. Okay, that's one. Number two. Number two. I, again, these are wishes. Okay. Well, I'm wishing that. You can hope too, that's okay. (laughs) Well, I hope that things remain um, uh, status quo in terms of uh, uh, family and friends and health and all those things, because I think about that, you know, my parents and, you know, I try to spend as much time with my, my father as possible. I don't get to see my mother enough. She's in Savannah right now. So, mm-hmm. so I, I hope all the people outside in my, in my circle here are all healthy and well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Absolutely. I know that's pretty generic too, but no, it's, it's true. It's mm-hmm. true. And uh, lots of money. <laughs> Number three, yes. That's a good one. Well, the lotto is $200 million. I suggest you make the decision to play, and that might lead to number three. Yeah. Oh, God. That was a good one. I like that it. That was a good one. I love that one. Thank you for visiting us, Kristen. Oh, yeah, Thank so you fun. so much for visiting us. That was us. great. That was, was a great. Class. Thank you, everybody, for listening in, and we'll see you next week for session 38. Wow. 38 yeah. next week. Yeah. All righty. Bye, guys. Happy New Year.